and welcome to the Driver Hire podcast. My name's Tony from Driver Hire Croydon and Sutton. Hello, I'm Gary from Driver Hire in Colchester. We represent two of Driver Hire Nationwide's network of over 100 offices, and we decided to get together to create a series of regular podcasts for people who want to know more about Driver Hire, but principally to provide hints, tips and tricks to help our drivers be the very best that they can be. Hi Gary, how you doing? I'm very well, Tony. Well, this is different. Uh, well, this is. This is a driver hire podcast first. We'd like doing first things, but this is the first time Tony and myself have been in the same room recording a podcast, and it does feel a little bit weird you being that close to me, Tony. <laughs> I'll try not to touch it. <laughs> so, um, so yes, so um, obviously uh, we started the Driver Hire podcast in lockdown um, last year, uh, and the only sensible way to record was to do that by uh, Zoom for us. Um, so, yes, it's really nice to be able to to, to meet up and, and, and do this together like this so yeah. uh, yes long good. may it continue good and you want to explain to everyone while we are meeting up together and it wasn't just go to the pub last night uh, well uh, yes we did go to the pub last night but um but the reason why we're together is um we've been out uh, shooting a video um we've uh, we've uh, taken a look at some roundabouts um and we've, we're doing an explanation of some of the uh, the more intricate details of roundabout signs that perhaps um, not everybody uh, knew. So we've certainly learned something in doing it. Yeah, very much so. You've taught me a few things. I don't know what them little symbols meant, but I do know. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so um, this podcast um, is uh, really to, to bring you up to speed with some of the changes that are being made to uh, the acquisition of HGV licences. So the last few podcasts we did were about gaining HGV licences, um, but there there are a few proposed changes. Yep, the government have um, stepped in and said they'd like to speed up the process how we can get driving licences. Uh, for example, we always had to go to a Class 2, a three-week gap before we went to a Class 1. But that's looked like it's got to be changed, Tony. Yeah, so one of the things the government are trying to do is to free up around about 50,000 tests a year. Um, now, what... The, the, the key way they're looking at that is to take away the, the requirement for stage testing, where you have to work your way through the categories. Uh, now, the, the pass rate uh, at the moment for an HGV test is um, something in the order of about 54%. That means, on average, um, if a driver's going to have to take a category C test with a, with a kind of half chance of not passing it, and then take a C plus E test with a half chance of not passing it, on average, to get through from... C to C plus E, i.e. to be able to drive an Arctic, you're likely to have to take three tests um, to achieve those two passes on average. So what what um, the government have said is if we can skip that stage, that category C stage, where you can go straight to an Arctic, then that will free up a huge amount of tests to, to allow people to go straight to that class one. Yep. But the other thing is that they've removed the need for B plus E testing. So B plus E, obviously not as relevant to HGV drivers, because this is a, effectively a car towing a trailer or a small van towing a trailer. But the reason why that's important is because they use, or used to use, the same testing facilities for the B plus E tests as they do the C plus E tests, which means if those B plus E tests aren't going ahead, 
then uh, we're in a situation where there's more tests available for um, HGV. And I guess it frees up more examiners as well to help on that process if we've got the right qualifications. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, so so let's run through the specific changes then and what that what that actually means. So the so that this first one then is this B plus E. So it used to be the case back in the day when um, when when we were young all those years ago, um, a few few waistline sizes smaller <laughs> and a bit less hairy. <laughs> um, Thank you. Yes, um, but um, but it used to be the case. So I passed my car test in 1985, and in 1985 um, I was given not only the car license but the trailer license. So B plus E, although it wasn't called B plus E in those days, but effectively I was I passed the test in a car and I was given the license to, to have a car and trailer. And we carried on doing that right the way through to 1997. Correct. When stage testing was introduced. So really the situation with cars is that we're going back to how we were before. And that will free up something in the order of 30,000 tests. Yep. And... What it'll mean for most people now, for example, I'm a caravan tower. I can tow normally because I had my license back in 1984, showing my age here, Tony. But my son, who's 21, wouldn't be able to tow the caravan. When this gets ratified through Parliament, he will be able to tow that caravan. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so the next thing then is this, this stage testing of um, Category C to C plus E. You don't have to do the rigid to be able to get the provisional to do the Arctic. So, um, so again, this date of 1997 is significant because up until that point, and this is what I did, uh, I passed my class one in 1989, I went straight to an Arctic. I didn't do, um, I didn't even drive a rigid vehicle till long after I passed my um, class one test. So, um, so really we're going back to that system. And um, there's lots of talk about whether that's good or bad, and, and we'll we'll get to that in a bit. And then the other significant change is, um, and this is, I think is probably the more controversial of the changes. Um, maybe that's just my opinion. I don't know. Is is removing the reversing and coupling from the test. So for those who haven't taken an HGV one test, you might not be familiar with it. But the process is the first thing you do is to reverse the um the uh the tractor and trailer into a, a garage of cones so it starts with a blind side reverse around a pole in the middle of the yard um, and then uh, the, the good side reverse into the garage uh, you're also uh, required to demonstrate that you can uh, uncouple the trailer and recouple it safely um, but they're removing that element from the test and what that means in real terms is that the examiners who currently only do four tests a day because the tests will become shorter, can now do five. So that will free up the other tests they're looking for to hit that 50,000 target. Exactly, yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean they're not examined on that through any process whatsoever. The coupling and uncoupling, we believe, has got to be done by the independent training companies out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, it d doesn't mean that we're, we're going to be putting Arctic drivers on the road that don't know how to reverse. That would be, um, well... Uh, Ludicrous. I was going to say daft, um, but I didn't think daft was strong enough. Maybe ludicrous is better. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, um, the last thing we need as a country is untrained Arctic drivers trying to reverse into loading bays across 
high streets to get around the back of the supermarket or something now of course um, so the way in which um, it's proposed that it will change uh, and I say proposed because this is a law that is pro is proposed and not yet gone to royal assent so in other words um, it, it's 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 in, in kind of in limbo at the moment so at the moment it's nothing's changed other than B plus E tests aren't available and haven't been since the 20th of September Nothing's changed, but it's likely to change. The government are saying autumn 2021 from um, from people within the industry. We think that means about mid-November, uh, but we're not 100% certain. Um, but at that point, the way in which um, uncoupling and reversing is tested is by the training school themselves. Now, that doesn't. it's not just a case of the instructor saying, yep, he's good enough, he can do it. Uh, the trainer... Will need to be um, uh, will need to be approved by the DVSA. Correct, um, and they will have to uh, have to go to training with the DVSA in order to be allowed to be that, um, if you like, in-house examiner within the training school. And it's also going to be the case that that examiner uh, can't be the same person as the trainer. That's correct. So if I was a trainer, Tony, I can't test my own pupils, mm. but. If you were an examiner, you could test my pupils and pass them or fail them accordingly. Mm, exactly, which um, which is interesting. Um, which kind of leads us to to, to the, the the main question, I suppose, is is this good or bad? Um, and there has been a consultation process, and um, lots of training schools, lots of in industries, been uh, spoken to throughout the summer um, before they came up with this plan. Um, so, is is it good or bad? Well. Uh, we're not really sure, are we? No, we're very mixed views on it. I mean, there are some genuinely good training schools out there, mm. and I believe they'll follow the process very well. Mm. Um, for example, we've said how I, if I was the um, tester um, and I could test your people, I would pass or fail them accordingly. If they're fit to do the job, it, it should be that's not an issue. Mm. Um, but one of the considerations to take in, into that is how nervous people are when they take a test. Yeah, so so we did um, did a bit of research this week. Um, I had a, a lovely conversation um, with Pete Andrews at Bypass Training um, in Southampton, um, and his um, his view is that actually one of the big problems within the HGV test, uh, yeah, specifically the reversing, is it is the first thing that people do on the test and they haven't settled in they haven't got used to the examiner um and you know it is a is a new skill um you know reversing an arctic you're basically steering the wrong way to get it to go where you want it to go and and so therefore you get a disproportionate amount of fails on nerves on the reverse um so in in reality you know it could be a good thing that that's taken away from that high pressure situation of the test yeah they should feel more relaxed and hopefully increase that pass rate in the first instance mm. but we also have a fear that companies will use that to utilize more tests for them to make some yeah. profit but yeah. that's is that us being cynical tony well i, I mean you know <laughs> forever the aging cynic but um I don't know. Um, there is, of course, a, a potential conflict of interest. If you've got, you know, the, the paymaster of the in-house examiner um, is, of course, that training school. And, um, you know, and I, when I was talking to Pete, 
I said, yeah, wouldn't it be, you know, not, not suggesting for one second that he would do this, you know, a very reputable training school. Um, they, they are, you know, they lead on quality. That, that's absolutely their, um, their raison d'etre. Um, but so I put it to him just hypothetically, wouldn't it be in your interest to ask your examiner to, to, um, to pass everybody so that you could publish a really high pass rate? And he said, well, that is a potential conflict of interest. But the really interesting thing he said was there's a conflict of interest the other way around, because what you could do if you had a, a load of training slots available in a vehicle, um, you know, at the moment, that's not the case. Uh, they're inundated. Um, but if there was a lot of training slots available, it could be in your interest to fail a lot of drivers. So they have to come back and do more training for more reversing. So, um, so I think what I've concluded is that that's fine as a system, as long as it's policed properly and, it, and, this, and the um, system's not exploited. Yeah, and we've got no idea how they've got to put that into place at this moment in time. That's mm. something none of the training companies, I believe, understand what's going to happen. They're still in limbo and don't know what's going on. And our explanation will stop at this level because we don't know what's going on either. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and certainly because we're waiting for that final date um, when, you know, when, when things will, um, you know, uh, when th things will move forward in this way. Yeah, um, and, and the sooner the better, because we all need more drivers in the system. We're the busiest we've ever been. Mm -hmm. I've got more drivers out working. Um, so we need the new blood coming through the system very quickly. And there are some hold-ups to this at the moment, but yeah. we can touch that on another time. Yeah, no, of course, yeah. Okay, so, um, you know, so again, yeah, that question, is it good or bad? Well, I... I was back, you know, back in 1989, I, I didn't drive a rigid. Um, the biggest thing I'd driven was a transit van before I did my Arctic training, uh, and I was trained on the vehicle I wanted to drive. Um, so I can't see that's necessarily a bad thing. No, no. Um, I've done a slightly different route to you. I've done the old HEV3, HEV2 route. Um, but I spoke to um, Essex Transport Training, a lovely guy called Robbo, ex-military himself, and um, he, he believes it'll take longer to get a student to the right level if they go straight to C plus E than mm. the current process. Because jumping straight from a car to a class one is not an easy step. Mm. I know you've done it, but at the moment, there's more cars and vehicles on the road than there was back in 1989 by quite mm. a considerable margin. Mm. I don't know the exact figures, Tony, and I think it'd be harder to find out because our data gets askewed from a couple of years back. But... His concern is road safety. Mm, of course, yeah. Yeah, and, and there's another consideration, which is that because of this stage testing, which has been in place now for 20... Well, that's my maths. 24 years, thank you. Um, so because of that, all the training schools that have got a, a big mixed fleet I like to have a lot more Cat C vehicles than C plus E vehicles. Um, and I did ask Pete that question. Um, you know... Does he does he need to change his fleet? And he said, well, yes, actually, next time a rigid goes, he'll be, be replaced with an Arctic. He said, but but to overcome the problem that you've just described, um, he does he does something different to most schools. He does one to one training only, mm -hmm. and an Arctic course is typically give or take, depending on somebody's um, performance in their assessment, um, is thirty hours. And his view is that um, what will now happen under the new system is they'll start the driver off in a Cat C vehicle and perhaps do the first first three lessons, so nine hours or four, 12 hours, um, get the driver used to driving a bigger vehicle before they then get into the bendy one. Yeah. Um, my contact, Robbo, he, he's very much the same, but he's got to use the unit. 
right. said. Oh, okay. It's a C vehicle um, till he hitched up to the trailer. So he's got to use that as his training vehicle because he's still got lots of class two tests got to happen and people won't go straight to the class one right. because scaffolds and so on. If you invest in your staff, why invest over and above what they actually need for the role? Hmm. So he's got mixed views on it as well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so our, our view, I don't know if we really have one. I think, I think there's pros and cons. Um, but I think if, you know, the, the overriding benefit is definitely that there will be drivers getting through to get the licence they want more quickly than they have done before. I'm, I'm all for a change because the system isn't perfect. And we know we need more drivers in the industry because we are busier than we've ever been. We need help, and they're trying to do help. Yeah, yeah, and, and for that, of course, we must be grateful. Yeah. Well, that's been that's been really interesting, Gary. I think um, I think there's a, obviously a, a lot to be seen over the coming weeks as the legislation passes through. Um, but I think I think we've got to be pleased about you know a, a, a positive change to try and, and fix some of the issues we've got at the moment. Yeah, very much so, and I'm looking forward to more candidates coming through with their new licences and us helping them get to become that professional commercial driver that we can be. Mm, yeah, excellent. Well, if you've enjoyed it, please do rate, review and subscribe, and we'll look forward to speaking to you next time. Thank you very much, Tony. Nice Thank to you. be with you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Driver Hire podcast, and thank you very much. And as goodbye from myself, Gary Richards, at the Colchester office. And from me, Tony Kosher, at the Croydon and Sutton office. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us at thedriverhirepodcast.co.uk. Thank you very much for your time. Bye-bye. Thank you.